millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here. As always, and we're here to chat about and attempt to make sense of Aston Villa 1. Leicester City 2 finishes that way at Villa Park. Everyone's going to make the direct narrative of no Jack Grealish. So let's just get that out of the way as soon as possible. But before actually we do that, we have a couple of people here with me as always, because who wants to listen to a Canadian talk to himself? But nonetheless, it's Danny Raza up first. Danny, how you doing? I would listen to a Canadian talk about himself if we were talking about, if it was Drake. Like, I'd listen to an entire Drake album. So, wouldn't mind that. Yeah, um, yeah I'm good, Cole. What did, what did you just say? About Wendy's. You listen to me talk about Wendy's. You do Yeah, all I listen to you talk about Wendy's quite a lot. I've been I've been tweeting Cole every single time Wendy's does something. Or every any, any single time I can fit the reference in. So, we're actually getting our first Wendy's restaurant in the UK. And I just thought that was a big, big milestone. Um not a big milestone today for Villa in, in their season. More of the same, unfortunately. More of the same performances. Maybe not more of the same results. Uh, we're talking immediately after the game. Not impressed. Not distraught. But uh, it's clear we need to make some changes, Cole. Yeah, I'm, I'm still shocked that Danny wanted to do this right after. Because usually he needs a little bit of cooling down time, regardless if we win, lose, or draw. But... We're, we're, we're here, of course, and you know what, Danny, it might be a, a triple burger day after that loss from Wendy's. I, I might need some uh, some sympathy food. But nonetheless, of course, there is a third party to all this fun. It's Simon O'Regan. Simon, how you doing? Uh, yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, obviously, disappointed to come off the back of a defeat. You never happen when you lose. But 22, 23 minutes into the game, I, I was expecting to feel a lot worse than I am feeling now at full time. Um, sort of rallied a little bit in the second half but yeah like Danny says I think and there's going to be a few changes needed in the next uh, few games yeah absolutely and of, of course let's just let's talk about it right now of course it was the the secret that apparently was trying to be broken by every ITK for the last three days saying Jack Grealish is injured and I think I was talking to Danny about this on Thursday of course we're recording this on Sunday and you do have those one-off people that will just come out and make up things saying oh well his his sister's best friend's niece's cousin told me this and all this kind of chatter and of course it turns out to be true which is annoying because I hate giving those people credit for most of the time but Danny, I'll come to you, of course, without Jack Grealish. A lot of people, and not, even Tim Sherwood made the narrative himself, saying they're not much of a team without Jack Grealish. You know, oh, I love Jack Grealish. I, I found him and all this stuff. You know how Tim Sherwood says all this. But what were your thoughts initially heading into this game without him? Because it, it's a big loss, but nonetheless, I don't think it was going to be the make or break deal for this one. Yeah, it didn't It didn't change my thoughts of the way the game was going to go. Cole, we, we sat here last week and we had this conversation. You asked me how many points we were going to get from Leicester and Leeds, isn't it, going up? And I said zero points. Yeah. My, my opinion didn't change when Grealish got taken out of the team because Villa play well and they get points as a team. The only time a game has been defined by one player, 
I think, is when like Martinez is at a ridiculous game. Other than that, Villa play well as a team and they play badly as a team. That's what I've been seeing. And I think a lot of that is down to tactical. Um, yeah, I think down a lot of that is down to tactics. I didn't think, for example, that today was an issue with any one particular player. I thought Villa lacked cash more than they lacked Grealish. But here's, here's the thing with cash. Why did, they, why did they lack cash? It's because <laughs> we've been papering over cracks for the last few weeks. Because for some reason, we've been very happy with blocking three times as many shots as we actually have against the opposition and calling it a good performance. And without cash, that defence just kind of breaks up a little bit. The reality is going forward, we haven't been good enough. Grealish or no Grealish. So my initial thoughts with Grealish being out today, I thought, fair enough, we're still going to lose. Yeah, I mean, we did miss him at the end. But I was just saying to you guys just before the podcast, the only time I felt like we missed Grealish today was at the end when Leicester had everybody back. And I thought maybe we needed somebody to kind of um, pierce the goal. But, you know, prior to the Leicester game, we'd scored three goals in four games. It's not good enough, regardless. Yeah, and I mean, I kept laughing when you said lacking cash because instantly I think of Tony Gia and all that mess that we went through a few seasons ago. I don't Out know of why. Pocket. Yeah, that that works too. If we had someone with the last name Pocket as well, that would work too, I guess. But uh, nonetheless, like Danny was saying, of course, I think against Brighton we only had I think one shot on target today. We only had two. So, Simon, I'll I'll come to you. I mean, where does this lie with you right now? Do you think we're being tactically found out right now? Do you think? It's, uh, I wouldn't say it's a fitness thing or maybe it's a morale thing. Like, where does it lie with you? Um, it's hard to pinpoint. I, I think probably the biggest problem at the moment with us is that midfield. I think the last few games, uh, sort of since the turn of the year, we've been getting overrun most games in midfield, which the start of the season, that wasn't happening. Um, McGinn, Louise and Barkley were doing quite well as a trio. So, Something in the last few games. I don't know whether. I mean, obviously Barkley's not playing well. Like, there's no point trying to disguise that. He's just not having a good time at the moment. Which then, if if he's not doing his job, it then kind of sort of makes Louise and McGinn at their roles a bit redundant because then they're having to try and do their defensive role. But you then you're relying on one of them breaking forward and sort of picking up the sack um, that Barkley's dropping at the moment. So. I think, yeah, as sort of Danny says, you know, the last few weeks going forward, we've just not been good enough. And that's it, including Greedy. So I don't think he made a difference him not being there today. But it's that that midfield trio. I, I think if I was Jacob Ramsey, Morgan Sands on the Marvellous Nakamba this week in training, I'd be knocking on Dean Smith's door saying, you know, <laughs> what at least one, if not two of us, deserve a start uh, at least next week because it's just not been working the last few weeks. Absolutely. And of course, if I just kind of break down Leicester's two goals here really quickly, uh, they came in the 19th and the 23rd minute, um, it just basically five minutes of absolute horror. And I mean, basically, that's five minutes to add on to the probably, you'd say the 18 prior to the first goal. 
and probably after the 23rd, probably for the next 10 minutes after that. So, of course, the first one comes through James Madison, just way too much time on the edge of the box. And some people kind of saying, should Emmy Martinez do a little bit better? But it's a well-placed shot and have that much time on the ball in that area. It's it's going to be tough to stop. The second one, I mean, it just gets from bad to worse, really. Of course, you had Jamie Vardy, of course, with a quick shot. Emmy Martinez makes a smart save. It's pushed out. But of course, you're expecting any Villa player to really get on that. That's their duty and no one collects they're just standing still wondering what's happened and it's just kind of an awestruck moment of course you have Harvey Barnes just nestling that easily into the top corner and at that it's it's two nil and Danny you'd have to say we're lucky to go in at halftime at least down two and we, we were talking at halftime as we always do and you made a note about Douglas Louise and how there was a slight shift in the middle of course with him kind of sitting a little bit further back and we seem to be a little bit more comfortable after that happened but when even when Simon said it, you look at Sanson, you look at Nakamba in particular, you would have thought if you would have sat maybe Nakamba there where Louise is, maybe push, push Louise up a little bit and maybe give, say, Ross Barkley or McGinn a rest, would you reckon that made a, maybe it would have done us a little bit more of good? Yeah, look, I, I, was, I was all for changes before the game. I said, that, and the reason why I was angry, okay, I, I shouldn't be angry, but the reason why I was a little bit upset and the reason why, immediately going to the game, I thought, pessimistic, we're going to lose. And I, I hate to take everybody through this logic again, right? We were lucky to get the win over Arsenal because Arsenal were terrible and they're still a terrible team at the moment. They, they are not playing well, okay? We then went into the uh, Brighton game and we got outplayed. We got absolutely walked on. Walked on, all right? But then today... We start with the exact same lineup, apart from we're missing two our two best, arguably, outfield players, except we've got no cash and we've got no Grealish. But we haven't addressed the, the other problems that led to us being dominated by a team that's, you know, actually, they're not, they're not battling relegation only because there's three terrible teams in the Premier League this season, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, a, a team that aren't, that good and shouldn't be aren't and shouldn't be causing Villa that many problems, you know. But like you know, once we're two 0 down, we suddenly make this change where Barkley starts dropping a little bit deeper. In fact, Barkley starts dropping deeper when we're one 0 down. Douglas Louise kind of goes back. McGinn and Barkley then have a little bit more, you know, a little bit less space between each other. And the same with Louise, the midfielder are actually able to play with each other a little bit. And I just wonder, you know, why for the last few weeks we've been playing with this sort of triangle where McGinn's all the way over on the left-hand side, Louise is almost all the way over on the right-hand side, Barkley's ahead of a bunch of midfielders, and there's just no link-up. There's no chemistry. On top of that, of this, this change that I've noted, where McGinn, for some reason, is switched onto the left-hand side with the, Louise going onto the right. And it just makes no sense. They, they haven't been comfortable. They haven't been getting on the ball. Um, and, you know, surely to combat that, you want them playing with each other and you want, especially against Tielemans and Diddy and Madison, you know, you, you want to be competing in the midfield. And we just, the reality was we hadn't up until the fact we were 2-0 down. But Cole, I'm, I, I hated this about us last season. Why are we suddenly able to play football at that point? Why does it take us until we're 2-0 down to suddenly realise, hang on a second, if we go forward, we might score a goal? Yeah, see, this is where the narrative is going to play in about Jack Grealish being out. And this is where everyone's going to point at and say, well, without him, you can't do anything. And it's a really poor example, because to be fair, like you said, as soon as the pressure's relatively off, it's, 
okay, let's have a go. We can get something out of this. And that is, like you said, Danny, it's, it, it's so basically it's such a good example of last season and there's still a little bit of that. It's going to take time to get rid of that. And I don't think we're going to solve that this season. Maybe we won't even solve it next season. And I think that, I think that comes in with some of the players we still have. And I, I feel bad for Elmo a little bit because you're thrown into this massively. Triori yeah. doesn't traditionally track back and he, he tries, but it just doesn't work. And when he does, he tries fancy flicks that leaves Elmo and just la la land. And to throw him back into this game, not being Elmo, it just from the first minute onwards, you knew Harvey Barnes was going to abuse that. And he did it so well. But see, but see, I disagree with the Triore thing because El- when El Mohammedi made mistakes today, it was because Barnes went at him and El Mohammedi and those one on ones just didn't make the right choices. But, I, but again, I think part of that is because we've neglected the midfield over the last few weeks and the defense has basically had this job of just being a wall and just blocking shots after blocking shots. And that is just not going to hold if you want to make it further in the Premier League. If you want to be a top six club, if you want to make it into the top eight, if you want to like even maintain yourself in the top half, you cannot play like that, right? It's a tough job that Cash has been doing well in, but not many defenders are going to be able to go into that system, which is so synchronized and there's so much chemistry um, between that back four. Not many defenders are going to come in and do that job. Personally, man, I'd like to see Kane Kessler, Kane Kessler play in the next few games. Yeah, I mean, it would be a lot to expect of him to throw him in there. And I think you'd maybe have to feel like Elmo's a little bit hard done by. I mean, you're thrown into it and then expected to basically replicate, in some sense, Matty Cash. And I, I think that's a bigger loss, to be honest. I don't think that's mm-hmm. any controversial way to say it. But I think Matty Cash was a bigger loss today than Jack Real should have been. And I think that's just because if you, if you look at the chances we created on the right, it was... Vi- it was all through Birch and Traore, and they're very limited. And it's hard to argue that, of course, when Jack Grealish is on the left, a lot of things go through him. And, of course, he's our best player, so why wouldn't he? But when you're still trying to force it that way through El Ghazi, who just hasn't really had any sense of form since December, it's a lot to expect. But, Simon, I'll come to you. Let's get you involved in this, because I know you're just sitting there waiting for us. <laughs> um, Going into halftime, of course, and coming out of it, what was your mind kind of sitting at that point? Because I think a lot of us were going, okay, of course, like we said, we're lucky to go into halftime 2-0 down. What kind of team do we expect to come out of this is a different thing. Um, at halftime, yeah, like you say, I was kind of, well, I was going to say I was grateful that it was only 2-0. And that's, I say that because Leicester, they had a lot of the ball. But I don't remember too many clear-cut chances. I don't remember Martinez having to do anything spectacular, apart from the two goals, which were just, like I was saying to you um, just before we started recording, the big disappointment for me is how how poor the goals were that we gave away. Like Leicester, for all the good players they've got, they didn't really have to work hard for them. So at half-time, I was you know, thinking that that's been pretty dreadful. <clears throat> it could get worse, but... So we come out and pull the goal back straight away. And you're thinking, like, okay, you know, maybe we can get into it. And I think we, we did improve a bit, but I don't think it was too hard because the first half, we, you know, we literally off nothing. Um, again, it's just sort of going back over what we've already said, just the midfields just didn't do enough. I, I'm gobsmacked that Barkley lasted 75 minutes, to be honest, because, I, I mean, I've over the last few weeks, I've tried to be sort of a bit defensive of him and try to maybe see the positives when other people have been criticising him because I, I think he 
in certain, certainly in the Brighton game, I thought he was sort of unfairly singled out because I don't think anyone played well, but he seemed to get the brunt of it. But today, I mean, the, the, you know, Gareth Southgate's in the stand watching that. Grealish is out. So from his mindset, he must be thinking, you know, what an opportunity to show that, you know, I, I can be the main man here, but he's just he's just not doing it. And um, yeah, like I said, if, if I was, I think Danny, I think I saw you, tweeted not long after the game Ramsey should be starting next week and I would agree I, I certainly think him him or Sanson one of them two I, I think have got to come in for Barkley um, and then you're yeah, sort of going in for the rest of the game second second half war on kind of Leicester had a, maybe a, good, a couple of chances on the counter Vardy got in behind one, once or twice but I actually thought Mings and Cons dealt with Vardy reasonably well to be honest you know, Vardy didn't really have too much involvement in the game which was quite surprising maybe with Madison going off that sort of helped us out a bit um, and then yeah those sort of last five ten minutes when Leicester are sitting back that's where you, you, like we've already said you could argue not having Jack on the pitch was a problem because there was no one to break them down but I don't think we did enough to, to, to deserve a point out of this game so had we nicked one it, it would have been that nicking it so uh, in terms of Elmo I, I think he's it's a tough game for him to come into. Like, like you say, that, that four has been, you know, a strong unit and they're very well oiled. They know exactly what each other's doing. So to bring someone in out the cold and ha- put him up against someone like Harvey Barnes, who has, I think that's 13 goals now this season. I mean, he's just a very, very good out and out winger. He's got real pace, which, you know, he's always going to cause problems. So I, I don't think Elmo was... Terrible. He wasn't great. I mean, Barnes did get the better of him on a new a few occasions. But as I say, Barnes is a top player, so you sort of expect that. Um, but yeah, just I don't think defensively, I don't think it was particularly poor performance. It's the midfield. That's where the game was lost. We just got completely overrun, and you know, like we've sort of already covered. Um, you know, that's been coming for the last few weeks, really. So yeah, that that's where the issues are at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the th- one thing that I look at, and of course, we'll we'll talk about the goal here in a moment, but Elmo definitely grew into the game. You could probably see around, I want to say, 55, 60 minutes. You could definitely see that he was more comfortable. A lot less chances were happening down his side. And I, I think that's just kind of screams of a player that needs a little bit more game time. And we'll have to wait and see what happens. But just to kind of briefly touch on the goal, of course, comes in the 48th minute, of course. Uh, Matty Target knocks it in to McGinn. McGinn knocks it on to Bertrand Traore. I don't know what the Leicester defense were doing. I don't even know if there's one of them in the box, to be honest. It was just completely shock and awe. Birdie Traore just knocks it in. Uh, Schmeichel has an absolute fit. I still don't know why he has a fit, and apparently he is the hard man of the Premier League now. Um, I I don't know what's going on there, but nonetheless, of course, you're, you're sitting there 2-1 going, okay, maybe this could happen, but if you look at the rest of the game from there on, it just was missed opportunities, lack of opportunities. Ollie Watkins running his socks off with really no support. And Danny, I'll come to you about this. Let's talk about Ross Barkley right now. Of course, he gets substituted off. He sits and sulks on, I think it was behind the goal. Of course, then there's another panning shot of him walking without his boots on. And then his shin pads are apparently in his socks were thrown into the stands. What do you make of this? Do you like that kind of, frustration is a little too far is I for me personally I I still think some people look at him as Everton Ross Barkley the one that has all this potential and I think 
he's coming at the point of his career now where he's just hasn't reached it. And I think he's frustrated with where he's at right now. But what do you make of it? It's a long season, man. Yeah. You can't throw your toys out the prem just because you've had a few bad great because you've had a few bad games. You know, the next game is always the game that you come on and score two goals. Do you know what I mean? It's always there. Now, I don't like to, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to insult his character or take a guess at where his head's at. Where a lot of people seem to be doing that on Twitter. I don't think you can do that. I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. Sure, he's frustrated. But, you know, I said before that I don't mind players having that kind of an attitude because it shows they want to win. But then I want to see that reflected on the pitch. And I don't think he's been doing enough. Now, I don't know if that's Barkley's fault or whether, again, tactically, this is a Dean Smith thing. He's playing as a number 10 and there's no sort of link up really in our midfield. We talk about our midfield being a problem. If our midfield is a problem, then maybe you want Barkley a little bit deeper. Maybe you want Louise McGinn and Barkley, you know, as a three rather than having Barkley behind the striker. You know, or maybe it's a case of, as I say, Get get another midfielder in there, man. Get get Ramsey in there. Get Nakamba in there. Get Sanson in there. Because the reality is, it's not been working for the last few weeks. And if you're one of those players, you have to be thinking, why? Why on earth did I join this football club? Because there's never a better opportunity to bring one of them in. If players aren't playing well, they can't expect to just, you know, continue on the pitch. Look at Bertrand Traore. He's obviously kept getting subbed off, but today it's like he he actually played okay. He scored a goal. So Dean Smith's gone, you know what? I'm going to keep him on the pitch today. El Ghazi goes off instead. <laughs> Rewarded in that sense. If Barkley had scored a goal, if Barkley had done a little bit more in the game, you know, perhaps he wouldn't be coming off. But But the reality is when we're out of ideas and when we're not creating anything and when we're not scoring goals, you've got to try something different. Ramsey for me and Sanson, when they came on, we had a little bit more energy in midfield and we had a little bit more impetus. We are a better team when we go at a team. When Bertrand scored, and you said, as you mentioned, Leicester, Leicester defence, what on earth were they doing? I don't rate that Leicester defence too highly when Wesley Fafana's not playing. And he wasn't in that team, was he? It wasn't, no? So, and then, and then you've got Thomas on the, on the left because Justin's out injured. You should be going at them. This isn't their first choice back four. But, you know, for the first 15, 20 minutes, we just decided, like, let's let them come at us. And that's why we end up conceding. Um, and without waffling on too much, Barkley, for me, does he have an attitude problem? I don't know. Um, but if you're asking me whether or not Villa make that investment in the summer, right now, you know, Perslow, Smith, probably going to be sitting down and going, you know what? There's probably 40 million to be spent elsewhere. And there, there's definitely there's definitely a a different caliber of player that we that we need to be looking at. Yeah, I mean, it kind of ponders and makes me kind of question what uh, Chelsea Loney will have next season. Maybe it'll be a little bit better. They seem to be upgrading a little bit as we go. So who knows what next season brings? But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's no way anyone's paying 40 million for him. That's it. <laughs> I, I mean, you can do a lot with 40 million. You but this could is the thing, do man. a lot. <laughs> you know, there's, there's players like that. Play, you know, look what happened to Jack Wilshere's career, man. Like, so much potential. And now, you know, he struggled. He's, he's managed to get himself a, a team in the championship. Barkley at the moment, which team in the top 10 does he get into? Right now, because like, we, we're talking about him right now. We, we don't think he should be in our starting 11. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think we're see. Actually, that's a really good example. You look at Wilshire, you look at Ross Barkley, two players that came in very young with a lot of expectation to be the next kind of messiahs for the respective clubs. And it worked out to an extent. And then they had injuries that both kind of just kind of stagnated them. And you're seeing that hype still continue, maybe not to a, as great as a kind of circumstance as it was years prior, but I think they're still mentally lost in that. And I think that's a lot for players like that to get over at any point in their career. And even post-career, there's going to be a lot of regrets with players like with that thinking, mm. what if that injury didn't happen? What if this didn't happen? What if that didn't happen? I don't think the move to Chelsea helped them, to be honest. Yeah, you, you, there's this, it's always a big risk. If you want to go to that kind of a club, leave a good club like Everton, you know, um, Look at, look at, you know, there's, there's probably players that have left Villa and the same things probably happened to them. Yeah. If you leave, right, you're not going to be the main guy, man. Oh, look like, at Ben gonna... <laughs> look, Yeah, exactly. Perfect example. Perfect example. Like, I mean, I'd say, like, look at Jack Grealish, right? He's been rewarded for staying at Villa because, yeah, we're not in Europe or whatever, but Grealish has been the main guy. Look, look how much hype the guy has. Yeah. Zaha has been rewarded for staying at Palace as well. Didn't work out when he was at United. Yeah, I mean, I did see people kind of comparing Zaha to Grealish, not in the sense that they're like equal kind of caliber, but in the sense of what's the record when one's out versus the other. And to be honest, it's pretty comparable. It's just those kind of mercurial figures that are worth so much to those respective clubs and our club in particular versus what they are in the market. And some teams and most teams won't pay that because of they mean more to us than they will to another team. But Simon, I, I want to get your thoughts on Barkley because... It's one that's kind of, it's a, I wouldn't say he's a polarizing figure, but it's getting to the point now where do you think maybe he should be dropped for a game or two? Like, where do you think he needs to be right now? I I think after this performance now, I, I think you, you can't complain if he's now dropped for the Leeds game. I, I, to, be, to an extent, I, I understand why Smith went with the same team today from the Brighton game because he... He would have wanted a reaction because they were, you know, they were just so poor. That was the first game really this season where we off, where we literally offered nothing going forward for ninety minutes. So he probably thought, right, they've, you know, they had a real bad game last week. I want to see a reaction. He hasn't seen that reaction, so now they have got no excuse if they get dropped. Um, and I think Barkley. He's the one that you want to be creating in that midfield three and you know, getting assists and goals. And he hasn't done it, so he's probably the one that'll have to drop out. Uh, in terms of whether we were to sign him permanently in the summer, if obviously, like we've already said, no one's paying 30, 40 million for him. Personally, if, if you could get him for 20 million, I would still do that because in modern transfer fees, 20 million is not a significant amount of money, especially... With, when you've got two billionaires in charge of the club. And he does improve the squad. I think that's another thing to sort of look at from today. Obviously, with Grealish and Cash missing, with two academy kids were chucked on the bench, we still don't have a big enough squad to uh, to be competing, you know, right at the top end of the league, which is understandable. You know, we've, we've survived just relegation last season. This year, you know, it's all about progress. If we, even if we finish... 10th or 11th it would be disappointing after such a good start but you'd still you know in the grand scheme of things you'd say well that's that's big progress from last season like are we are we using what we've got though no, no I, I, I take that point definitely yeah the, 
there's <clears throat> there are still players in the squads that that could be better used. I don't think he's been rotated enough. Um, but that's you know, I was just saying my point of I can see why he went with the same squad because he wanted a reaction from last week. But obviously, with hindsight now, you'd say, well, that you know that, that clearly didn't work. And I think going into the Leeds game next week now, there can't be an excuse. If he goes with that same eleven, I think, and it doesn't work, then then people will rightly question it. There are players that, that can be brought in to that starting lineup and could make a difference. And now's just, I suppose, they're waiting for the opportunity to get it. I just yeah. think it's something different as well. Like you know, if 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 Ramsey comes in. Doesn't have a great game. No one's going to begrudge him for it. No, you know, no one's yeah. going to begrudge. No, no one's going to begrudge Smith for it. Like, yeah, we're not we're not doing anything right now, anyway. I think certainly with with Ramsey and with Samson, they would get a bit of leeway now because obviously Ramsey's a kid and Samson's just come into the league. So yeah, you you could you could put one or both of them in, and if it doesn't work, that those players aren't going to get criticised. Whereas if you're sticking with the same team. You know, you look at Barkley now, he's getting criticised because he's he's had the run of games and he's not doing it. So, yeah, I'll take that point. I'd say we've got like two options, Cole. I don't know what you think here, but like, I think I'd say right now we've got two options. We're in a position in the league right now where we're not going to get relegated. Yeah, which nowhere near that. Right. And let, like barring an absolute tragedy. Yeah. Villa aren't going to get relegated. No. Now, mathematically, Villa can make the top six. They can make the top four mathematically. Yeah. You know, it's it's not impossible. But for that to happen, they would need everybody in the starting eleven to be fit and to be playing to their potential and not playing the way they've been playing. Now, I don't see that happening anytime soon. Last season, when Dougie Louise came in, Esri Konza, you know, uh, a lot of the new signings from last year, when they first came in, they were getting shredded because it was like, Villa aren't playing well, they're not getting results. But it was because they had that time on the pitch that this season they 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 have had some exceptional performances and they have looked like top class players. If Sanson does not get that game time, we might not never we might not ever see the full the full potential of him. Same with Ramsey, same with any of the young players that we've got. If they do not get that potential, so it's it's two options. Either we give them that experience now, build towards next season, or we try to go on and, and do something exceptional this season. And I made this point earlier, and I'll make it really quickly. I know we haven't got that much time left, right? But look at Liverpool right now. Look at Liverpool and look how much talent is in that team. Jurgen Klopp has rinsed that 11, that starting 11, dry. And they're not able to keep it up. Right now, Villa's starting 11, they are not able to keep it up. They can't keep the same standards as before the COVID thing hit. And we might as well just get ready for next year and get some work experience out there for some of them lads. Yeah, I mean, at this point, anything's really a bonus. We've achieved safety, and I think that was the main thing, especially going into this season after last season and how that went. So that's it's at this point, it's you know what? Let's see what's work. What works? We'll we'll get some points on the board still, no doubt about it. But I, I think when I look at it, and I'll be really quick with this and get over to the uh, three match word or three word match summaries, if I can say that correctly. It, it, I just look at this midfield and I think, why not be more dynamic? Why not test it out? Let Sanson play because I can tell you one thing. We cannot have any passengers against Leeds because we saw what happened last time. I don't know if we can afford Barkley right now. I feel like he might be a luxury for that game, to be honest, if we, if he's going to put in another performance like that. Unless you think you kind of think and 
sit there and go, okay, maybe we switch things around formational and tactically wise, maybe push him a little bit further back, like you said, Danny, previously, and maybe give him more time on the ball back there because it seemed to work when he first came in. So I don't know. We'll, ha- we'll have to see what happens, but let's get over to your thoughts on Twitter. Uh, Literally, I think there was over 55 or so responses for these three-word summaries, so we're going to keep those up. Thank you very much for getting involved. I'll go through as many as possible. Uh, Let's go for Aaron Smith saying Ramsey better Barkley. Um, Josh Chambers saying Barkley a lazy shit. Um, Okay, or Barkley lazy shit. That's three words. I don't know why I added the a fourth to that but nonetheless uh, that one. not yeah, very nice a little bit lord of the mings no effing tactics uh let's go to tommy 0802 like last season philip loudface saying i didn't watch oh, fair enough i guess uh daniel max saying sanson for barkley um stephen kelson saying great at times mole saying sub barkley earlier uh <laughs> Liam Powell send Barkley packing. There's a lot of Barkley chat going on here. Uh Horse Masker. Um, I don't know, that's not really a great name, but nonetheless, uh saying could have been worse, which is very, very true. And we'll finish it off with uh AVFC JJC saying give us Sanson. And I think that kind of echoes for a lot of fans in the villa camp right now. But Danny, I'll come back to you quickly before we wrap things up. Who was your man of the match? I wasn't ready for that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, you know what? I think maybe I will say, I'll say Bertrand for the goal. I, th- I think he played okay. He, I mean, it wasn't a great game. I also think McGinn got himself out there, actually. He got himself about, which is which is fair enough. I didn't think he was terrible. I've seen a few people suggest he was terrible today. He wasn't. He played quite well. Matty Target as well, decent game. Uh, which one of those three do I give it to? Um, I'll give it to Bertrand just because he scored. Fair enough. Simon, how about you? Uh, I was I was thinking Troy away because obviously he got the goal and he did all right in places, but I'll go target. I, I thought he had a decent game defensively yet again, and he put in obviously the cross for the goal, and he put in a really good cross as well towards the end, which Troy away just couldn't get on the end on. So not many to choose from, but yeah, I'll go target. Fair enough. I'm going to go target as well. I can't really think of too many instances throughout the whole match, honestly, where I go the left-hand side was massively open. And I think that's a kind of a big testament how he's grown this season. Um, I really wish the assist would have been his. It would have helped out fantasy league-wise. But I guess you have to give special mention to John McGinn, too. I mean, if that half volley somehow replicated itself of a few years prior. He needs to to chill with them. He needs to chill with them. Every time he sees sees a half volley, he whacks it. He's Scottish. There's no chill. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen him leave a half volley. I don't think he's ever seen one and gone. You know what? I might just put my head to it. Does he no. ever? Does he ever put his head to it? No. Well, he kind of runs like he's like his head's a little bit down. So you know, like I, I don't know. I I love the man. I, I just every time I see that come to him, I just have flashbacks of I can't remember who was that against Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay, that's who I thought it was. Okay. Oh my god! I wish that would have happened again, and that would have probably sent uh, Cash for Michael into absolute delirium. And I really wish that would have happened. But uh, 
nonetheless, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it there because we only have a few minutes left in this session anyways. So, of course, thank you very much to Danny and to Simon for joining me. If you want to find Danny on Twitter, it's at Razajourno. If you want to find Simon on Twitter, it's at Cy O'Regan. You can follow me, Colpedo, on Twitter at Talk Aston Villa. Tweet the team at 7500 to Holt. Email the podcast, Holtcast at gmail.com. I'm still very impressed I'm able to remember all of this without writing it down. I, that, that shows how smart I am even after losing a wisdom tooth. But nonetheless, guys, hopefully a positive results next weekend against Leeds. Um, we'll be back for hopefully a opposition preview later in the week. But until then, up the villa. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 